0: Welcome to the Black Freelance Podcast, your home base for community, content, and strategy that will help you take control
1: of your lifestyle design and build freedom into your professional career. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Black Freelance Podcast. I'm Megan, and I keep things running around here at Black Freelance. Today, we've got a really interesting conversation with Anthony Sills of Professional Pen. Anthony's been a freelance copywriter and content marketer since about 2008 after he transitioned from employment. This episode is gonna be useful if you're interested in hearing somebody's overall story, but also how their life is structured now, how they take a holistic approach to their business, and even specifics like working with a virtual assistant. So I'm not gonna keep you waiting. Let's talk with Anthony. Anthony, welcome, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing excellent, thanks for having me. How are
1: you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay, thanks so much for coming on. So we are going to talk about your business, which I'm really excited about because I get to talk to a writer. <laughs> um, so we get to talk about the professional pen. So tell us a little bit about about your business, how long you've been doing it, what it looks like work-wise, earning, all that
0: good stuff. Um, cool. So my business is Professional Pen. I run a content marketing agency, um, and I primarily help uh, software, SaaS, and technology companies with their, uh, their marketing. And I got started in 2008, um, primarily just, you know, freelance copywriting. I wasn't so much content marketing um, then. And um, I guess I just noticed more demand over time. I I did a lot of training with um, Copyblogger and and HubSpot, and they talk a lot about, you know, content marketing, this and that. And so I saw that, you know, companies were spending money in this space, and um, I just kind of pivoted to um, develop more skills around that and then eventually, um, you know, pivoted to an agency model.
1: Was that, was that a big shift from the, from copywriting to content marketing? And I, I asked because I started straight in the content marketing world. Like I jumped right into it.
0: it. It's a shift, but I think it helped me to focus, right? So because copywriting, at least, you know, when I started, you know, that, that's a, that's a broad hat that you're wearing. You know, you could write a little of this, a little of that. And I kind of did that for a few years, you know, whatever, Popped up whether it was product descriptions or sales letters or you know helping people create courses, um, which is you know it's fun and it helps you you know learn new skills and everything. But I think you you can earn more and and also um, skill up faster if you're uh, if you're kind of limited to what you're trying to master, right? And so when I pivoted towards more of the content marketing, it was clear you know what I had to learn or you know what you were going to sell because um it's a, it's a smaller discipline you're not trying to do you know all the copywriting projects right
1: right right so what is your what does your average work week look like? how have you have you set that up
0: I don't know that there's an average week right so I, okay. I try to I try to work off my calendar right so there's time scheduled for client work um, time scheduled for prospecting or marketing and such admin. Um, but you know things pop up, and so that's kind of why I laughed is that um it it doesn't really work out where it's 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 average you know i i yeah I, I- probably do maybe twenty to thirty hours of client work um I spend a few hours at least on on you know answering emails and invoicing and all that kind of jazz um but i I try to split it up, so um you know there's days where I don't really do meetings or, or calls where I'm trying to buckle down and get work done. And there might be like lighter days where I'm doing admin and emailing and different things like that.
1: That uh, it seems like well, that's where most people fall because you know if I had to describe my you know my average week, that's probably it too. Like it's like in that twenty to thirty hour of production, and then like a little bit additional for like marketing and admin.
0: Yeah, you can't forget the marketing because then yeah. you, you won't you won't you have you won't have work. One won't week, have that production when production to up. worry about <laughs> scheduling. <laughs>
1: So how does that compare to like um employment like your employment history i know you've been doing
0: this for a while but as far as like time works um i think it's more so you can be more productive with less hours right so people are surprised if you say you work 20 hours or you know but you know if i'm charging 150 dollars an hour so i don't right. need to bill 40 hours right if i if i actually did 40 hours worth of work work client work and then you still have to, you know, market your business. You have all this administrative tasks. You know, now you're – that would bring me back to the hours I used to work when I was in um, mortgage banking, which is like 60-hour weeks and such. So right. So I don't, I don't have an interest in doing that <laughs> anymore. Right now, same, same. <laughs>
1: okay, so we talked a little – okay, how did, how did you – Get started in content marketing. Well, okay, we talked about you moved from copywriting, but how did you get start in, started started in, in paid writing? I should say.
0: Um, well, so prior to this, um, and I mentioned briefly, I worked in mortgage banking, and so for one of the companies I worked for, um, I actually did the uh, uh, employee or internal newsletter. So I'd been doing paid writing, you know, here and there. Um, when I shifted from copywriting to content marketing, I just kind of jumped in with two feet and went after people that were already, I mean, cause it's not hard to tell if you go on their website and they have a blog or, you know, they're yeah, publishing yeah. case studies then you know, that, that is a potential client for you, right. That they're spending money. So it's a matter of getting in front of the people that can make the decision and saying, Hey, can I help? Or, you know, could I be helpful? So I kind of just went after whoever I could find. Um, uh, was a pro pro blogger job board LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, j- um, at first, uh, you know it's very much outbound. You know, nobody knows who you are, so <laughs> you right. Can't just, you can't just wait for the phone to ring or the emails to, to roll in. So, I, I, you know, I did a lot of you know cold email or reaching out to people. Um, Back then, I guess it was a bigger thing with, you know, joining certain LinkedIn groups. I don't know yeah. if people even do LinkedIn groups anymore. But, um I
1: feel like they're trying to get it going again, but it's <laughs> not really, it's not working.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like back then I would be in certain LinkedIn groups where people might share, you know, freelance leads. Or, um, and so now sometimes I, I have more um, clients come through referrals and, and different things like that. But I still do a fair amount of, um, you know, prospecting or, or, you know, outbound lead generation
1: you've you've worked with some pretty big brands. can you talk a little bit about how how that like who you've worked with and how you got hooked up with them?
0: Um, it's funny a lot of them kind of like so networking is a big thing i I, I know you deal with um I believe skyward yeah. um, I, I work with contently so um some of the clients came through them, and I kind of was with them in the early days. so um, I think at one point they may have had more companies that they were working with than they actually had freelance talent. I'm sure that pendulum has kind of shifted but um they're like hey can you do this for you know this brand or, so i worked with um ibm um i worked with ebay off of upwork back when it was oh, interesting. Uh, what was the other name they used to be uh,
1: odesk um, or elance
0: elance i was a member of so um the ebay was on there looking for people which uh, people don't know but i mean on upwork there's really good companies that are Mm -hmm. looking for freelancers and then there's people i won't say they're horrible companies or people but they maybe have no idea what they want or they haven't worked with freelancers so that you know that's a whole different story but there are good companies out there i wouldn't say you know rely totally on any you know job board or site but if you're just getting started, you can definitely find some um, you know, potential clients that way.
1: Yeah, Upwork is a mixed bag, and it's something I've talked about on, on blackfreelance.com, but like, I still use it. Like, I'm six, seven years into the game, and I still use it, but like, it's just, you just have to be really selective and know who you're working with, or you can burn tons of time on people who are, like, like you said, new to freelancers, and you basically have to teach them how to work with you, or who are just trying to get the cheapest work they can possibly find.
0: Yeah, I don't want to do either one. I can't do 87 Skype calls and then there's no, no project. And, <laughs> right. and, I, and I can't teach you your job, like not, you know, on, on this project. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So like one of the one of the biggest things for me for as far as like shifting from employment to freelancing has been the impact on my mental health and like lifestyle design. What has that tr- been like for you, transition-wise? I know you talked about your sixty-hour work week before, and you you know moved to a less intense work week. But overall, what's what's that been like?
0: Um. So the short answer is it's it's wonderful. It's it's a lot better. Uh, I feel like I'm a lot healthier. Um, and it wasn't something I don't think at first I consciously set out that oh I'm freelancing because I want to be healthy, right? Mm. And so, um. But I mean the commute you, you you take that out of the picture, you know, right off the bat, and then so. Uh, I'm preparing meals at home as opposed to really, you know, right. eating out at the place that's closest to my job. And right. so, you know, I eat healthier. Um, I have more time to exercise, more time for hobbies, you know, you're getting back depending on you know where you live, but um I'm in the Philadelphia area. So it's like you can have an hour commute easily depending on where you're going if you, you know, drive to work. And so that's two extra hours back in my day that I could yeah. see, do something better with. Um I haven't used an alarm clock in in like a lot of years. I just, I sleep till I'm I'm rested and then I get up and I work and it it all fits, you know, I have, I have a schedule, but it's not like a forced schedule where I have to, you know, take the cold shower to wake up and drag (laughs) myself out of bed. So, and I mean, the work is exciting. There's always something different going on. So, I mean, you can find that in employment, but. I think there's a freedom and a, like a control aspect that freelancing um, delivers that is not there in a um, an employer-employee scenario.
1: See, I'm still living the alarm clock life and I'm really curious how to get off of it. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I still have that 6, 630 <laughs> alarm clock and that's like the last thing that I need to get rid of. Like, did you just stop using one after you went freelance or?
0: It wasn't immediate, but like, so at one point I kind of, turned myself into an early bird and I, I totally was at night out before, but I just kind of started going to bed at a certain time. And then, um, you know, when I'm done sleeping, I would wake up. And then after, I guess a couple years, I would, I just wake up around the same time every day without, all right. Like
1: I'm taking notes because I got, I got <laughs> <laughs> the next level up. I got to make, <laughs> I
0: gotta but, but, but like, it helps that you don't panic, right? If you wake up 30 yeah, minutes yeah. later, you, you roll into the other room. So you still can, you know, get back on schedule. So it's not, there's no fear that I'm going to get caught in traffic and now be two hours late to work. So that's, you know, that's kind of yeah, part like, of it, I guess.
1: Like, lately, like, I used to be, like, hardcore, like, six o'clock, I'm getting up, um, but lately, with everything going on between the pandemic and just recently, George Floyd's murder, I've been, like, I got to give myself some space somewhere, so I've been more lenient on that, and I, I, I noticing, I'm noticing that I'm getting up with the alarm clock, and I still have a little bit of that panic, but I probably need to try to start letting that go.
0: Um, <laughs> So my morning routine, I don't like pop up and work though. Like it's, it's yeah. a couple hours after I'm up when I actually am sitting down to work. I, I read, I meditation, prayer, like a whole routine. Same. Get some breakfast in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, wh- when I do sit down to work, I'm not tempted to go near the refrigerator because I, I'm a vet now. So that's a trap. You have to stay away from the TV, the refrigerator, don't go near your bed, you know, um, <laughs> and um, get a couple hours of work done. But you know, I definitely don't, pop out of the bed and, and turn on the computer or check email because uh, I have to kind of ease into my day. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That slow transition has been nice. Like that's one thing I absolutely love. Now when I get up, I, t- I probably between the time I wake up and start working, it's probably an hour, hour and a half.
0: Got a good uh, time for your brain to get all the way uh, on and function exactly. Right. <laughs>
1: exactly. So like with everything going on right now, ha- like, everybody's going through something right now. People are working from home because they, you know, they can't go into an office anymore across the board. Freelancers don't seem to have as much ch- to be navigating as much change. Um, but how has your life changed between COVID between, um, what's going on after George Floyd being murdered? What, what, have, what have you seen going on differently? Are you doing anything differently?
0: Um, so speaking first to, to the COVID, um, Obviously I was already working from home, so I don't I don't really do the um, co-working spaces. If if I got bored, I would go, you know, work from somewhere else every once in a while. But right. um the weird part was um, so I'm in um, southern New Jersey, right outside of Philly. And mm-hmm. um, by there being so many people up here that they totally locked us down. There were like little curfews and da-da-da-da. And so when you're in the house all day and then you can't go out, I just kind of got antsy and yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I want to do something, even if I wouldn't normally be doing something. But you know, you have to you know do the safe thing. So, um, luckily, I, I live on a, like a kind of nice amount of land, so I could get outside and I'm right. still not near anybody. And so, go out, take walks, and get some sunshine and kind of get back to it. But um, uh, my work picked up a little bit because I guess a lot of the clients that I'm working with. You know, they had to either, you know, reposition their messaging or um, they sell something that kind of is needed during the pandemic. And so I kind of saw a spike in in projects, um, which I'm still kind of busy as a result of. Um, But just recently, it's been hard to stay focused with, um, you know, the the different murders and protests that are going on. Um, It's like you're keeping one eye on the news and then you kind of don't want to watch the news. And yeah with, with doing so much networking and work in the online space, um, I've been kind of falling back off Twitter and LinkedIn a little bit the last few days or weeks because um, there's a lot of toxic um, stuff on there and then yeah. that's, that's a distraction. So I've just kind of been trying to, um, you know, watch what's going on and, 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 you know, and, and, you know, figure out what the kind of the next move is and, trying to keep my business going and stay healthy and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Like, you you know, I'm always preaching marketing, but like even LinkedIn, which is usually pretty neutral or at least not neutral because there's a lot of foolishness on there too, but <laughs> it's usually easy to avoid. Like, you know, you kind of just talk to your people and, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, lot, there's nothing really, you know, very controversial going on, but right now it, it, it is like even like the top trending topics. It's just, it's a lot. So I probably haven't done any marketing like a week, week and a half.
0: Um, well, I, I haven't done anything, so I haven't mailed my email list um, yeah. since this started. And um, hang on one second. Yeah. Tangled up in the headphone cord. Yeah. Because um, right. <laughs> um, it's kind of like I don't want to add to the noise. I mean, there's exactly. a lot of. I've gotten a lot of stuff from brands that was completely tone deaf, and I've gotten emails where you know they're they're trying, but even okay, you're you're in solidarity with the protests and why your brand has no connection. So you still didn't have to send that email. And I don't yeah, want yeah. <laughs> I don't, I to don't be one of those people. So, I mean, if there's people I was already talking to, you know, I'm still following up with them. Like, Hey, do you need help with that? Or, but I don't know that I'm just, you know, um, carpet bombing everybody with hire me, hire me. That's yeah. kind of tacky. <laughs> it seems like right now.
1: Yeah. It's like, just take a, take a step back, it'll be okay if, you know, <laughs> you aren't marketing for a week or so.
0: Plus, my you know my website's up, but profiles on different places, right. so people know how to find me. Uh, not everybody probably, but <laughs> enough. So. But enough people, right? Enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, kind of in that we're you know we're talking about marketing. So, how do you? And we we talked about uh, LinkedIn and referrals. So, is that how most of your business is coming in right now? Like from a network, or you know, how does how does, you, a- how does your marketing strategy work?
0: I get a fair amount of referrals um, from people in my network. I am trying to be better about, you know, building my email list and, and, and you know, marketing that way. Um, Cause obviously that you're more in control of. Right. But, um, um, like I said, I still do, um, you know, when needed, I go poke around on you know different, like the pro blogger or different, um, AWAI has a direct response jobs board. Yeah. Um, Upwork. I may I may spend an hour on upwork and poke around and see if anything looks interesting and you know with clients in my space or um just you know sometimes I just email I have a, a spreadsheet of like SaaS companies and so I'll just pick a few of them and reach out to whoever is in charge of their content and you know see if they need help with anything. So I just try to stay busy. I don't think I've nailed the perfect mix of you know. You know, pull these three levers with marketing and this many right. clients come out. I'm still working on that, but it I, I know to stay busy, right? You have to contact people, you have to, you know, maybe get rejected a little bit, but let them know that, you know, I offer this and this, this is how I can help you. Um, and just, you know, stay out there and stay moving. So
1: So how do you because that 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 spreadsheet that you're talking about, that that prospect list, like that's the that's honestly like the make or break of your marketing. How do you decide how to how do you how do you get companies on there like how do you decide you have enough Or you know how do you decide to work them again like what goes on there
0: so the the funny story about the spreadsheet is um i was working with the va for a while and she was great and so i actually did the lazy route of like this is what i'm trying to do um can you do it and so she and i hate excel anyway that's another thing google sheets whichever one i yeah They freak me out. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm like the Microsoft Word, Google Docs. Let me do the words. I don't want to mess with that. But anyway, so she um, she made me this spreadsheet, and it was, um, I think, uh, the Montclair uh, 250 is the list of SaaS companies. So, you know, put all 250 of them on there. And then um, I think she went back two or three years. So it's like two or three years of who was on that list, right? Oh, wow. Um, And then there was this um, software... um, conference that happens in philly every year so i just had her go on last year's page and all the sponsors and everybody that presented so it ended up just being this massive spreadsheet of software companies and she would little by little go in and fill in where she could find it you know the name of the you know marketing director or content marketing manager um, name email social um, handles if she could find them and then so i would just work through this list but by the time i get around to some of them They've moved on to other roles. So now you have two leads because they went yeah. somewhere to do the same thing and then yep. they were replaced by somebody else. So even when it gets outdated, it still gives me a starting point. You don't just say, what am I going to do this week? How am I going to market my business? You, you, you have some kind of starting point, right?
1: Yeah. So you, the, So the VA thing worked out for you?
0: It did, it did. Awesome. Because th- that was something I was never going to get around to. Like I said, I don't like manipulating spreadsheets. And so yeah. that and doing the research after all day of already trying to market and then doing client work, that was the thing that kept getting put on the back burner. But once it was done, it's like, okay, I just have to open it and then email these people, right? And so that's like, not hard.
1: <laughs> it's like such a good indication. Like that's one of those things to like, to do, to, that's a reason outsource something. Like you see something that you're just putting off and not doing that's you know, that's probably a good sign that maybe you should consider outsourcing it or automating it somehow.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I, I think like how it worked out for me, it, you have to be very specific what you want. So it wasn't like right. I said, go find me some companies I can do content marketing for because how would she know, you know, what? so I, I kind of had an idea. If I use these lists, there'll be companies um, with a certain, you know, funding status or of a certain size and they'll have budgets and blah, blah, blah. So it's like she had clear idea of what to look for.
1: Right. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's something I, I need to get into too, but
0: <laughs> so overall, what would you say is
1: the biggest challenge you face faced in, in your freelance work?
0: Probably putting all the pieces together, hmm. right? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, there's freelance and there's the thing you do, right? If it's, you know, in my case, in your case writing, but um, then there's like running a successful service business and all the, yeah. the, the, the components that come with that. Right. So, you can be a kick-ass writer and, you know, if you don't know how to collect on invoices or if you can't sell yourself, <laughs> you're going to struggle to to earn what you want, right? And so I think my biggest challenge was realizing that you can't just excel at that freelance part. You have to handle every um, aspect where, like compared to employment, where you have somebody handling payroll, benefits, scheduling, lead gen, sales call, and you just do your thing. You could just write, right? Sit in your cubicle and write. When you're freelancing, you have to wear all those hats. So I think that was kind of the challenging part of um, maybe developing the systems and and learning new skills so that I could run my business, right?
1: Yeah, What did you do to develop that? Because, you know, that's that's why I think most freelancers struggle because, you know, most of us are new to business. You know, even me, like I went to business school, but I was new to being like a a one-person business. It's very different.
0: Well, so it's a completely different thing. I have an MBA yep, and I, exactly. I, I worked with a lot of small business owners, uh, like brokerages and stuff like that. And so um, I have a sales and marketing background. I have no problem, you know, emailing people or jumping on Skype or Zoom to, you know, present the case of how I can help their business. But it's the rest of it. Like, I don't want to do paperwork. I don't want to email back and forth. I want to write <laughs> and I want to, you know, and so it was definitely, you know how do you stay on top of it? Like project management, let's get some tools in place, you know? And I, I stole ruthlessly from people, right? If anybody goes on the podcast or, you know, blogs about their system and i like part of it, I'm going to incorporate what works into, you know, what I have going on. So yep. um, I've, you know, purchased Asana workflows and different things. That have oh, been wow. Part of. Okay. They've been part of like training courses or something I did, but it's like, okay, if that's what they do and it works for them, you know, let's try it and then you tweak it to make it, you know, work for your specific business, right? But
1: what what are some of your favorite courses? Um, or even like coaches or platforms. You mentioned AWAI already. I saw I heard you make a little illusion egg India.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so Ed's great. I, I I learned a lot from Ed, um and he actually helped me with I forget the specific offer it was, but it was basically getting your um like your lead magnet and your email marketing yeah. set up. And so that was another one of those things like the um, my, my spreadsheet of leads is like I knew I should do it and I should be email marketing. I should have a lead magnet. And it wasn't until I kind of worked with Ed that I pulled the trigger and did it. And, you know, now it's done and you can add that into your marketing mix. So um, I like courses like that where it's like something actionable at the end. You're, you know, you, your business has changed. Right. right. Not, just, not just here's some theory or whatever, but um. I did a lot of the um, courses um, with copy blogger, which I think you did some training with them as well. Yep, and certified so, with them. Yeah. I love their stuff because it's, um it's like real world that they built their brand on content marketing. So the stuff that you're learning is actually, you know, what works. <laughs> um, I just try to kind of learn from people that are really doing it and not people that just blog about it. So copy hackers, they have a lot of great training. Yeah. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. These are the ones that HubSpot. Obviously they have um, like really in-depth stuff in their, yeah. um, their trainings and certification. I, I like what you have going on with your Academy because that like going back to, you said the biggest challenge, there is the putting the pieces of your business together or like what, what, what path towards, you know, building your freelance career are you going to take? And so a lot of these resources are just about the one part, like how to write or, you know, how to, Code or or how to do graphic design, but I don't see so many that are, are helping people like put all the pieces together. So I think that's you know
1: awesome. That that's good to hear. That is thank you very much. That is good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so what what would you tell Anthony from back from two thousand eight? That when you got started, like what's the biggest you've le- lesson you've learned over the last ten plus years?
0: Oh man, um, don't make things more complicated than they oh, as a big one, <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't. <laughs> Like things will be humming along and I'll be like, I'm going to build this. or I'm (laughs) I'm, going to contact 10,000 people. You know, so it's like just contact 10 and see how it works. Right. I don't, so I would definitely, you know, if I had the DeLorean and I could go back, I would kind of, you know, keep it simple. You know, you're after a certain goal. So what gets you closer to that goal? Right. And do that. Um, that is so
1: hard. <laughs> like I like that. Like I know I'm deliberately trying to keep things simple, and I still just just veer toward making everything as complicated as possible.
0: So I, I do like a lot of checklists now, and putting stuff on my calendar. And so when the notification goes off, do the thing, and then it's like done. So as long as I have the right pieces in place, I feel like everything. I, I won't run everything into the ground. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Um, right. some, somebody shared something with me. I'm going to see if I can pull it up, like, really quick. Yeah. But um, if not, I'll tell you just what it was. But um, it's like every Friday they were saying to kind of do this quick check-in, like, on your business. And so the questions they shared were kind of, like, get you thinking, um, you know, like, what did I do this week, right? And so yeah, I, I, I added that as a um, Google Calendar reminder, like, every Friday to go off in the morning. Um, because that that way, if I didn't, you know, do what I was supposed to, the week's not all the way over yet. Yeah. Um, but so some of the questions were like, am I focused on where my business is heading? How have I made my business better this week than it was last week? Am I on top of money that I'm owed? What were my sales (laughs) last week? Am I charging enough? Did I get word of mouth referrals in the last week? Um, have I spent time researching trends within my industry? How did I invest in my team and myself? How have I contributed to my community? Am I taking care of myself? And so if you answer those 10, honestly, sometimes I'm finding, and I've only been doing it a few weeks, but it's like, I need to do X, Y, and Z because I didn't get around to that this week. Or So I think you should kind of take stock of your business every so often. So for me, that's been working every Friday. Um, you know, I don't think you should wait till like New Year's and be like, okay, yeah. what, do need, what do I need to adjust? Right. And it's been a whole year. Um, quarterly works for other people. I know it's like they think about stuff quarterly and kind of pivot and readjust, but I do think you have to take a look at like your whole business and say, you know, what am I good at? What do I need to get better at?
1: You know. Oh, I'm stealing those questions. Cause like <laughs> right now I have a, I have a <laughs> weekly check-in, but I'm checking in on my clients. I honestly need to do it more for myself. Um, and I, I will say that I have it on my calendar, but I have not given myself direct questions to make it actionable like that. You know, it's, it's to, you know, think about your business, and it's like oh, I'm doing great; everything's wonderful. Um, but yeah, like having to answer those questions already—it's already got my mind kind of moving.
0: Well, but like if you're not healthy, you can't do the best work for your clients, right? right. And if and if you're stressed about money, then negotiating or, or selling your services becomes tricky because you—it's that mental game thing. So. Yep. Like, I want to stay on top of everything. And that way, if, you know, I don't need your money and then we work together if it's a great fit, there's no pressure from either side. And so I do think it's helpful, like, obviously check in on your clients, right? And what can I do better? You know, Um, do you understand why we did this and where are we and what's next? But I think you should take that same level of, you know, uh, I guess, um, evaluation to your own business, right? Yeah, Totally. We can't, if not, you can't stay stagnant, right? You're either right. getting better and growing and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, growing of bring on employees or, but you want to grow your revenue. You want to grow and get more clients or, or better clients. And so how do you do that unless you kind of evaluate, you know, where are my current clients coming from? It's cool to have work, but, you know, where does most of it come from? You should know that, right? And yeah, so,
1: or you can end up getting caught like, like the whole thing was. Like, like, look at COVID, like a lot of freelancers, like, what? Our our, our our, strong suit here now is that we can pivot, but if you're not paying attention, you don't know where to go when something like this hits.
0: Right, because so money's still getting spent. For every, um, you know, retail place that's closed down or whatever, there's, I, I'm struggling to pick, but like medical, medical, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or,
1: yeah, I mean, healthcare, like everything's, there's tons of money being
0: flowing out right now. And I know a lot of um, tech companies, you know, have solutions that are useful. Um, one of my clients does, um, software that helps with visitor management and so with this contactless check-in you know they've added new features to their stuff and they need blog posts and and social media copy to get the word out and so you know if you've been writing in an industry that's slow I think yeah you have to and so that's relates to one of those questions you know did you spend at least 30 minutes this week like looking at your industry so you can so you can help your clients so you know what's going on and you know direction the money is flowing but um you have to step out of your business, right? You can't be doing, you know, client work and accounting and you have to just look at the business and kind of say, okay, what you know, what are the trends, right? And um, kind of work that way a little bit.
1: Yeah. So in, in that vein, what would you, what's the main thing you would want other black freelancers to know about about what you do and about freelancing in
0: general? Um I guess, like, the, that we're out here. <laughs> like yeah, <because> we exist! <laughs> when, when, like, when I started, I mean, there was obviously, there was social media. It was 2008, but it was, you know, different a little bit. I mean, there's Slack is more prevalent and stuff like that now. And so, um, most of the resources and the training in the communities, you, you didn't see as many black faces. Yeah. And so... Um, I don't know if you existed then, but I, I did not. Employed. Did, I, did, I didn't know about you. you did, yeah, but it's no. like, so, you know, and I definitely found very, very helpful resources, but it's like, you know, you get that feeling of being the only person in the room and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, I would just want them to know that there are communities out here. I mean, now there's, um, you know, you can find, um, is it like black um, stock photos and stuff that didn't yes. exist a few years back, you know? Um, And so it's like, I don't, I think people should know that, that, you know, they're not alone on their freelance journey, right? And so even though there are unique challenges that you would face being, say, a Black freelancer, um, that there are resources available, right? You don't have to just struggle on your own.
1: Yeah. And that we're doing well. There's a lot of us doing very well out here.
0: That too. So, (laughs) you know, I saw um, actually a conversation happening on LinkedIn actually yesterday or earlier today. I can't remember which. Um, and they were talking about racism within freelancing and, and all that kind of stuff and pay rates. And uh, it, it exists, uh, you know, I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but I think that you have much more control over your income as a freelancer.
1: Yes.
0: As far as racism and stuff, than you do in an employment model where you're, you know, you're supposed to work there for a year, but now you're stressed because of racism and then you look like you bounce around jobs. And so, Freelancing, if you don't want to work with the client, then don't, right? And so. yeah.
1: Well, and, and, and that's the point. Like I, I, like, I feel, I can't say I've encountered, I've probably encountered the same types of people in my job in, in, in freelancing, especially because I'm in the same industry. But my options are completely different. So, like, one little microaggression, I could be like, bye. Like, I'm, why, why am I going to work with you and deal with all this? Versus, like you said, being stuck in the situation and figuring out, okay, now where do I put all my eggs? and what one basket do I put all my eggs now?
0: Right, so besides the fact that we're out here, I think I would say that there's a little freedom in it, you know. Yeah. That um, if you get your business to the part where you can be, you know, location independent, if you have your, you know, your life set up that way, then a lot of these societal pressures, you have options that are not available to somebody whose work is tied to a location mm-hmm. or, um, or to an employer, you know. So. I don't know. God forbid, if there's too much unrest, I might get out of here, <laughs> take my laptop, and go. But hey, i
1: at least take at least plan on taking a break as soon as we're allowed to leave the country. Yeah, like as soon right. as people let us into other countries. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that,
0: that's, that's, the, that's the sad part. We're Americans, and we're not allowed. We're on the watch list now of everybody's country. But um. yeah, yeah, that,
1: yeah. The privilege runs out quickly. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's 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 the world's changing fast. But you know, there's there's new opportunities popping up.
0: I think freelancing, if you if you approach it with a business um, mentality um, and that doesn't mean, you know, work yourself ragged and, and yeah. all that kind of hustle, hustle, hustle. But if you set your life up right and you set your business up right, I think it, it offers um, tons of options. And obviously I'm biased, but I, I yeah. wouldn't go back to work for, um, <laughs> for somebody else's company when I could grow my own. You know, 100 percent. Same,
1: same boat. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to talk.
0: Um, Thank you for having me, Megan. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. All right. Talk to you later.
0: Bye-bye. Interested in starting or improving your own freelance career? Whatever your skill, come by blackfreelance.com and sign up for the monthly newsletter to start sculpting your best freelance strategy.